Thanks, Harry. Cool. Good morning, everybody. Sure, I think my voice is a bit louder than Harry's voice. You can maybe just turn me down a little bit. Cool. Good morning, everybody. I'm so excited for us to be here together this morning. So I know that we, I can see we've got some visitors here as well. It's so lucky for us to have you here with us. And so just for one or two seconds, I want to encourage you, just there where you're at, if you can stand up and maybe greet some people that's behind you or in front of you and just say hello. Brazil is out of the World Cup and France is going to win. So... Amen. Let's grab our seats. So this morning our kids church is they have finished for the year. So we are going to have some kiddies that's going to run around and possibly even cry and make noise. And I'm okay with that, so please you be okay with that. Uh, as long as you don't cry and scream and throw tantrums, I'm not okay with that. But um, we would love to have the kids with us. That's a sign of life in our midst, I mean. And so when we hear the kids' voices, it's a sign that, hey, there's still something happening and we want to we wanna be happy about that. So um, we don't want to just wish it over. So please, please just have grace and know that the parents with the kids that are noisy, some of which mine is the noisiest, they tend to be quite sensitive about it. So just give them some grace. Give them a hug. Buy them a coffee. Just say to them, you will be okay. Okay. We love it. We love it when your kids scream. Amen. Here we go. Cool. I'm going to start us off this morning with a quick scripture, and then we're going to dig straight into it. Hebrews 4, verse 1 to 2, it says this. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith within those who heard it. Is it the same? It was the same as there. Amen. So let me pray. Father, we just want to thank you for this morning. I want to come. God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you, God, that your word comes and it separates uh, the intentions of our hearts. 
it divides between spirit and between flesh, God. And this morning, we pray, God, that your word would come and pierce our hearts. And I pray more than the piercing of our hearts this morning, I pray for your word to come this morning, God, and refresh and rejuvenate and make new, God, the things that are dead, that are dormant, that are hard in our hearts, God. And we trust you this morning that our our eyes would be lifted to see you high and exalted, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that this morning that you want to come and work in us. So just maybe just there we are at. I want to encourage you, just keep your eyes closed just for a moment. And just open up your hands just as a, as a posture and a sign to yourself. That God, I'm, I'm open for you to come and speak to me. We were praying this morning before the service. And I prayed and I said, God, if you don't come and work in this time, there's really no need for us to meet together. Because it's all about him. And this morning, his heart is towards each and every one of us. No matter how close or how far you feel he is, this morning, his heart is just burning to be with you. Wanting to whisper into you his love, his mercy, his grace. Thank you, Jesus, that there's nothing in this moment that we can do to earn how to hear you better or to earn how to have you do more in our lives in this moment, God. All that we can do is present ourselves to you. And that's what we want to do here in this moment, God. We want to say, we are yours. Come and work in us. Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, really, I've been feeling just a, a word that's been resting on my heart. Um, and it, it's a word on rest. This is a time of where things are on the one side going down at a quick pace in terms of workplace, for, depending on what work you have. But in terms of everybody's attitude, like in November, everybody knew December is close, but there was still some, some fuel left in the tank because you knew it's like, hey, it's two months later. But now sitting in the middle of December, you go, depending on what your work situation is, there's maybe two weeks or a week. I know some people it's already been off and, and gone. And you just realize, like, I am tired. I just want to rest. Man, can this year just end and get to it? Does anybody else feel like that? I mean, and so we know that the end is right here. And because we know the end is right here, it's like all of a sudden, in our minds, there's something that happens. And we just go like, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I can't hold on any longer. But there's really no difference to December than what there is from January. You're still going to wake up. You still have to eat breakfast. still have to look after the kids and wife and husband and house and car, perpetual car, work, money, food. These things just go on. But for us, from our perspective, we tend to think that God works in years. And so, cool. Thank you, Lord, for 2022. Now, Lord, give me rest from 2022 so that I can have vision for 2023. But I don't think God works like that. God is more like a day-by-day 
And I want to put it out there almost like a season by season. And every season, can a season can be one day, a season can be 10 years. Jesus said, I'm coming back soon. And the disciples were like, yes, we believe it. We're keen for it. We want it. And it's kind of like a little bit more than 2,000 years later, he's coming back soon. Because his perspective of time is not like us. It's not like soon is not tomorrow or next year. No, soon is, is when he knows. And so in our minds, there's something that happens and we actually tire ourselves out in these times. And what I find in my own heart, and I'm going to get into it a bit in later in the thing, is, is we tend to look at this time and we actually rest in a way that is not beneficial to us. It doesn't build up into us a deeper strength in the Lord, but we actually come, we rest physically, but we come back tired spiritually. And we end up losing ground in our lives because we haven't fought the good fight in the right way. Amen? Has it happened to you before? I was out in the week um, surfing. Um, it was on Friday afternoon, and Helen and myself and the kids, we went to the beach, went surfing. The waves was good, and I was so excited to go surfing. Um, and as I get into, and the waves were quite big, um, bigger than what I thought they, that they would be. But I was so excited. And in that moment of excitement, I felt the Lord come and convict me. And say to me, like, what do you think these waves are going to give you that I can't give you? And it was like, like surfing has been something for me where I find, actually, I find the Lord in surfing. And yeah, I'm going because it's a great time. I get to refresh. I get to... And in that moment, I feel like the Lord saying to me, what do you think these waves can give you that I can't give you? And I was like, sure, Lord, like, I thought you liked it, the fact that I surf kind of thing. And I'm like, this is mine, your thing. And just as I was sitting with it, I felt like in my heart, I've, God has given me something that's going to bring me rest in my body and in my mind. But in my heart, I end up replacing that with finding my rest in Him. And what ends up happening is I get so excited, I'm going to surf and I'm going to rest and it's going to be lacquer and I'm going to feel refreshed that I actually neglect spending time with Him. And I neglect my expectancy that He is the one that refreshes. See, I think for us, we tend to think that as we approach God, that things just kind of like fall into our lap. Like God brought us in and we were babes as we came in. But no baby gets born with the plan to stay a baby. Every baby gets born and the idea is always, whether we want it or not, for that baby to grow up, to mature. And in the same way, even in our salvation in the Lord, it comes to a place of where He's wanting us to mature even in our pursuit of Him, in our pursuit of His presence, in our expectancy of who He is and what He does. When you got saved on that day, you kind of like, when I'm thinking of my own salvation, when I got saved, I didn't expect to get saved. I didn't know I was lost until I realized and found Him and realized, huh, I'm lost. 
And in that moment, overwhelmed by his presence, overwhelmed by his spirit, he poured himself out. But today, 20 years later, I'm not just sitting and God is overwhelming me out of nowhere. No, I sit because there's an expectancy that I'm going to meet with him. I go to him because I know that with him, I find rest. With him, I get built up. With him, my perspective, my these things that change inside of me. So now, instead of just sitting and being God showing himself to me, now there's a pursuit and a desire in my heart to come to him and to feed from him. Does that make sense to us? And so in the same way, our expectancy, and this morning, I want to touch on our expectancy of God. Like how much do we run to God? Not in Christmas, or not in times of need, or not in times of... No, no, no. How much do we run to God and expect Him to come and refresh us? Expect Him to come and build up, strengthen, rejuvenate, make new that which is inside here. See, when we look at the world, and I'm going to get into that now. When we look at the world, the world is constantly in a state... Of destruction. Consistently. Everything grows and grows until it doesn't grow anymore and it's dead. Even the earth. If we believe that the earth is going to be here forever, it's not. It was never meant to be here forever. It was always meant to someday come back to the new heaven. The new Jerusalem where we meet with Jesus. So this world will go away. And in the same way for us, we've got to realize that even in our own bodies, that as we come to Jesus, there's an immediate justification that we are made right with him. But then there's a process that we walk out daily of where we become like him and where we take on his nature as we spend time with him. And that means that there's things in us that is dead, that needs to be rejuvenated. There's things that's in us that need to become alive. And every time we spend time with him, what we find is there's a change that's happening. There's a growth that's happening. Amen. So this year, I think all of us would agree it's been a crazy year. If you think of coming out of COVID, yes, it happened. Like our kids still speak of masks and hand sanitization. When I was seven years old, I did not. Mask to me was... A master of the universe costume that I had, or a Wolverine mask, or a Batman mask. That was masks. Hand sanitization. The fact that my seven-year-old and my five-year-old, they sometimes play church. And still, sometimes now when people come to their church and they play church, it's like they've got somebody that takes names and somebody that sprays hands. (laughs) It's like... But it's pushed us into a place of where we've been in a year where everybody is trying to catch up what they've lost in the two years or what they've, what has left them in the two years, but also catch up all the growth that would have been in the past two years. And what that ends up happening is on me and on you, there's pressure. Who here is not under pressure? Everybody is under pressure. 
If you took out a home loan last year in COVID time for one million rand, then today, a year later, you are paying 45% more than a year before. It's hectic. Like, I budget for this and now I pay that. And I know we're all feeling it. Yeah, this one. Petrol. We all love petrol. In December, before COVID, or from December 2019, before COVID, till now, it's gone up by 10 rand a liter. It's a lot. 10 rand. Now, hear this out. From 2012 till 2019, over those seven years, the petrol price only rose with 5 rand. So in two years, 10 rand. The previous seven years, 5 rand. So I will not here for, I'm not an accountant, so please, like, I skipped that class in, 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 in school. I was playing PlayStation. Um, I'm not here to talk about finances. But the thing is this. The moment our finances get touched, the pressure is on. Amen? Currently, this is current ongoing at the moment. Mike, don't you want to put that picture up for me? Here's a, a, a wonderful world map. All those that are, are gray are mostly, you know, not like super populated areas in some areas, most areas, but all the colors they represent current wars that is going on in the world. Okay, you can just keep that up. Current wars. At the moment, I'm going to just read you a couple of stats. At the moment, there's active six wars all over the world. And what clarifies it as a, as a major war is a war that in this year has taken the lives of 10,000 and more people just in this year. That's a major war. Then, there's 16 wars, other wars, that is going on. And that is classified by wars that are 1,000 to 9,999 people that have died this year. On top of that. On top of the six major wars, on top of the 16 wars, there's 21 conflicts. Different areas. A conflict is described as a place where there's 100 to 999 people that has died this year. It's 21 conflicts. And then on top of that, there's 18 skirmishes. This is not that happened. It's active and ongoing. 18 skirmishes. And that is defined by 100 or less deaths this year. That's all happening right now, real life, as me and you are sitting here. The world, all of us, are under pressure.
So what do we do? We've got war, petrol, food. We've got weather, droughts, floods, load shedding, corruption, violence. All these things are happening right now. And we can go like, hey, my, my life is not touched by these things. But whether you are aware of it or not aware of it, I want to say to us today, as we're sitting here, all those things, the ones that you know of, the ones that you don't know of, is sitting right here in the back of your mind. And there's pressure. And you put the news on, death, taxes, corruption, hurt, people are. And all these things weigh on our souls and weigh on our hearts. And so then when December comes, we go like, I just, I need a break. I need to just find that place of where I've all the chips I can eat and all the coke I can drink and all the movies I can watch and, and just put my phone down and just have that moment of where I can zone out and not have to look at anything or anybody else, answer to anyone, pay anyone, be anything, do anything, just be there. Because when I find that moment, I am going to be able to just rest. doesn't work. Who feels like that? Who thinks like that? I do. Don't have a lot of honest people here today, it seems like. And this morning, I want to come to us. And I want to say to us that even just, just this thing of rest... That Jesus has come to give rest. He's come to give peace to our souls. And it's not something that is based on this world, on our financial status. He's not coming to say, cool, I'm going to, I was having a conversation, my Brett and myself and somebody else, and we were going like, what is the number that you need of like, say you can win a, t- a lottery ticket, what is the number of money that you need to say, cool, I'm fine now? Like, Jesus didn't come to come and say, cool, I'm going to give you that 100 million. Brett's number was 100 million. <laughs> Mine was a lot more humble. <laughs> but Jesus didn't come to give you that 100 million to say that, hey, Harry, you don't have to worry anymore. Hey, Paul, don't worry. Here's everything you need. You can just chill and cruise. You have no worry in life. Because that's how we look at it. We think that this ticket is going to give me no more worry in life. It's going to bring me peace. I can just be. I don't have to rush anywhere, pursue anything. I don't have to work for anything. No, I can just breathe. When I go to the shops, I can buy what I want. Don't have to think about it. Don't have to budget. Don't have to... Jesus didn't come to bring that kind of rest. No, no, no. See, Jesus came to bring a rest where there is this, 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 almost this thing in our hearts, this, I don't know what to call it, but this state in our hearts of where he's saying, this life is quick. 
It's fleeting. Eternity is with me. And that's a, a rest where we look at the things around us and we go, nothing can touch that eternity. Nothing can touch that rest of where I'm at peace, that I do not need to worry about the millions of wars. I do not need to worry about food. I do not need to worry about clothes. I, no, no, no. I set my heart on the kingdom, and in the kingdom, I will know that I will always have enough to do what I need to do for His will. And as long as I'm in His will, I will be okay here because it's not about here. He wants me here. He can take me from here at any moment in time. And then I'm okay. Not just okay, I'm thriving. Does that make, are you, are you with me this morning? Isaiah 26 is this. You will keep, and it speaks about God, says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Perfect peace. See, these things that are happening, they happen out there, but they influence us up here. And the more we think about it, it's, it's oftentimes when you see, I'm sorry if there's anybody that's moved down from Joburg. Uh, I love you. Cape Town is better. But when people move down from Joburg and they move into a house, now there's crime anywhere and everywhere in the world where you go to, okay? Even in New Zealand, there's crime. It looks a bit different, but there's crime. So you can never really get out of that. But you see a Joburger coming down to, to Cape Town, and you see they built these 10-foot walls, electric fencing, some laser guns, like cameras on every corner of the house. And it looks like, what are these people hiding there? But it's because there's like, there's this fear. They don't know anything is going to happen, but everybody's told them, and they heard a story then. Like there's... These terrible things that happen, that's, can't get away from it. But it consumes minds and hearts to the point of where people, like, put themselves in this jail of a house. And the more you have the cameras that's all around, the more you hear something at night, and you go, what's my camera? What? Wait. <laughs> Am I telling the truth here? Like, do you agree with me? Like when we go away, I've got a camera in my house just to make sure, I don't know, just to watch the couches or something. <laughs> but like, I would at least once a day just look at my camera. Is my couches and my TV still there? <laughs> if I didn't have the camera, I wouldn't worry about it. I would like come back home and go, okay, my couches are still here. Or no, they decided to go to another family. <laughs> I wasn't feeding my leather couch enough. They see those things, they end up taking our time. They end up taking our attention. But the scripture says to us, those you will keep in perfect peace whose minds are steadfast. Steadfast means dish, do. Not steadfast is. 
And how many of us live like that? Just generally. How, how many of us live like that? Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The New Living Translation. Then you will experience, like after you've prayed, after you've spent time with God, after you experience who God is, and had your vision change of your, not just your circumstances, but behold at God, it says, verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So as we spend time with Him, as we grow in our expectation of Him, what happens? Peace and rest becomes our state of being. It becomes the way that we live and we walk. When you look at the life of Jesus, you never see or even read a little bit of like a, you know, like a tinge or a, a whiff of anxiousness inside of him. There was this just like, when he was brought before, before Pilate, and the scores of people are saying, crucify him. Let Barabbas, who's this evil dude, really like bad guy, let him free. Jesus comes and he says, I am who you're going to say I am. I am I'm going I'm to do what you're going to. He gives himself over. In a moment, he could have just put his foot down and say, do you know who I am? But there was trust. There was trust in the Father. There was a state of being that was not based on this life. But there was a vision, an expectation, uh, looking forward, a transcendence of this life into the next. And he just gave himself over. He was at rest. And his heart for me and for you is to come and give us rest. The thing about rest is, it's only found in the presence of God. And how you and I rest, and the place where we find our rest, will show the values that is in our heart. It will show our beliefs of how true our belief truly is. I'm going to read your scripture. Colossians 1, verse 13. For he, speaking about Jesus, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 
The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn firstborn among the dead, so that in everything He might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. The salvation that has been poured out in your life and my life come from one place. That Jesus. That is all in all. First among every. Born, unborn, saved, unsaved. First. And in him holds everything together. That is the place from where your salvation, my salvation, eternity comes from. And it's presented to you and to me. And God says, take this. Live with this. Breathe with this. Draw from it. Walk with it. See, he didn't promise you something that he cannot back up. And So this morning, I don't want to say to you, Go and have a good time over Christmas and rest. And because I can tell you now, no matter how hard you try to rest, if you don't find yourself in Jesus, there is no rest for you. This morning, I want to encourage you to run to Jesus. There is peace and rest. And I believe his heart is to come and bring breathing space for me and for you. To come to that place of where there's no voice that speaks louder. There's no debt that is bigger or that cannot be paid. There's, there's nothing that can take away or take you out of his hands. And he's saying, I want to give you that place where you are fully secured in my hands. And as you find yourself in that place, we find rest. Oh, our hearts, our minds, just gets to breathe. There's things that rob us from our rest and steal our peace. There's no longer things that matter. Because all of those things are pertaining to this world. Finances, relationships. Not having enough, comparing ourselves with others, not feeling secure, being afraid of losing what we have. Those are the things that come and they weigh on our hearts, weigh on our minds to the place of where we worry ourselves into depression. We worry ourselves into letting go and just giving up. We worry ourselves into a place of disappointment. And all the while, 
got the salvation of God. It's sitting right here in our hearts. And it's a fountain that we can drink from. It refreshes. It rejuvenates. It makes, things, it makes everything new, better than what it was before. And all God is saying is, come to me. Come rest in me. So I want to end off with this, and I ask us to just, if we can close our eyes. Because I believe here this morning that there's many of us that have brave faces, and we try to be strong, because we, try, because we think that the moment that we give in to what's actually happening in our hearts, then it's going to be like a domino effect. And we're just not ready for that. But this morning, I want to say to you that you can't actually hold on for much longer. And God doesn't want you to hold on. He wants you to give over. He wants you to step in and accept the invitation to come into His presence, to be built up, to be rejuvenated, to be refreshed. So just as your eyes are closed, I'm going to read you a, a psalm. And I believe this is the Lord's heart for us, to find ourselves in this place. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You pre prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we read that, the things that steal our peace, security, finances, not being enough, not having enough, not all those things through just that piece of scripture quickly shows that they don't matter. Matthew 6 says to us, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to lay your head. But first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And this morning, I want to give us an opportunity to say, God, you are the place of rest.
You are the place where my soul gets restored. Where my mind finds peace. Where my thoughts and my feelings are secure. With you, God, I find life. So just in this moment, I want to encourage you to just quiet every other thing and every other voice that you kind of know, like after the service, I've got to get back to that. And I've got to, just in this moment, I want to say to you, just use the opportunity to say, God, I want to see you. Come and work in me, Lord. He wants to come and restore this morning. He's not angry. He's a good father. They're saying, just come to me. Lay the worries down. They don't matter. My eyes matter. My love matters. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to do anything. Just come and be with me. as you're sitting there just keep your eyes closed there's a song that that's been stirring in my heart in this last while and even in preparing this and this morning as a response I'll, I'll start singing it but just stay where you're at if you want to join in you can join in God is not looking for us for religion or for knowledge. He's looking for our hearts. <laughs> is there is none like you? No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I can search for all eternity long. And find there is none like you. Is there is none like you? No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I can search for all eternity long and find. There is none like you.
is Lord, you are more precious than silver. Is Lord, you are more costly than gold. Nothing I desires compares to you. It's nothing I desires compares to you. There is nothing that we have outside of Him. He is life. He is breath. He is peace. He is joy. He is hope. He's going like, this is who I am. Come drink for me. Come be with me. And as we are with Him, we find that love, that peace, that joy bubbling up in our hearts and we realize it's nothing it's nothing like this so I know it's so quick and easy for us this morning to go into worship But this morning, I want us to get real. Because I know everything else is kind of going down. But God is not going down. God is going up. And we want to be where God is. Amen? So, I'm going to, if you're visiting with us, I'm sure this is going to be maybe a little bit stretching for you. But I want to encourage you to just try it out. You don't know what you're missing until you've tried it. Amen? So I'm going to ask us, guys with guys and, and ladies with ladies, just connect with a guy sitting around you. Are we going to turn two-two to one another? And I'm going to give us just these two questions that we're going to sit and discuss this morning. And I know we can go and we can say, cool, let's sing and let's go on. But I feel we'll, we'll be missing something here if, if, we don't, if we don't do this. And let's maybe see. Maybe we get to sing a little bit. Um, but this morning, we're going to just change it a little bit. Amen. And so quickly, want to ask if you can just around you, you can move the chairs. Don't worry about the chairs. They're not cows, holy cows or anything like that. Like move the chairs. Grab somebody that's sitting either around you if there's someone specific. But just toot toot to one another. Um, and then, uh, Yeah. And even the guys there in the, in the coffee shop area, grab somebody. Dave, Dave. 
Okay. Okay, cool. So, hopefully you've now met the person, you've shaken their hand, you've given them your voice and your name. And so here's the first question. And I want to encourage you. The church is not this institution that we come to. It's a body of believers. The church is not a building. It's me and you. In Jesus. And so, here what we're doing now is more church than me preaching or us worshiping. Just speaking to one another. Amen. So, I want you to, to speak to the person that you're sitting with. And tell them what's the one worry, one worry that's been consuming your heart. And then, we're going to pray for one another. Okay. So, this can either be as fruitful or as frivolous as you expect it to be and make it to be. So, I want to encourage us. Be vulnerable. Be open. I believe God wants to come and make new. Amen. Let's, let's chat.
Okay, so I want us to start finishing up. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to. I want to break your. The second question is this. One expectation or one, one place, one desire that's in your heart that you want to see God do in this year to come. And so if you're not finished yet, you can still carry on pr- praying. Like this morning, it's about us connecting with one another. But one expectation, one desire, one thing that you want to see